I'm a libertarian. What I'm getting is Did why? you vote for Joe Jorgensen or Trump? Who? That was the perfect answer. Thank you. Good afternoon. How are you doing? This is the Libertarian Podcast Review. I am Tyler Yonke. I have nothing. What I'm going to do today. Uh, what is it? Today is Friday, the 21st of January. We're, we're cruising. We're, we're about, what, 112th, not quite 112th through the first year. Hope everyone's doing fine. I'm trying to figure out, look, I've had some issues with my podcast. Um, I'm using a board. I'm doing the sound. It's not control, <laughs> controlling it at all. And this is, a, this is a problem. However, I think one thing I did cure was the echoing. So hopefully I won't have a problem with echoing coming in to your sound when I play some clips. Problem is, this fucking music needs to tone itself down and it's still going and it has 30 seconds left. And I, I'm gonna just stop it. I'm not gonna do that. My name is Tyler. I do podcast reviews. I interview some people. And today, today I'm going through just some clips that I had in my phone. I, I, I'm just gonna show you. Um, I'm not gonna show you my, my, my uh, I'm not gonna show you what's on my phone necessarily, but uh, I moved these clips over to the computer. I, I also was on two shows last week. I was on David, Brady's uh, Road to Providence. So we're going to play some of that. And then um, I was also on the Gumtree of Liberty live. Uh, it did two hours and 45 minutes. And then we actually beforehand and after. Um, thank you for shutting up music. Um, it was actually over three hours. So I did David's midday and then I did that one. And so I did like almost uh, five hours of, of podcasting and I had a, actually a great time on all of it. So I thought I'd maybe play some clips of those. I'm also going to play a few clips because I talked about the um, the Supreme Court-ish uh, thing. So I think I, actually, David, I do a better, uh, a pretty good breakdown of that one. Um, and so I think maybe you should head over there to David and I'll link it up here. Uh, Pro, uh, Road to Providence. He does a Sunday special. And I really, and by the way, there were, it's not got a lot of views, uh, like 12, 12 views, but I got some compliments, not from me necessarily, but people are like, Hey, this David kid is actually asking some really good questions. And I would actually say, yes, David is asking some really good questions. And, um, and he does a great job and he's 16. So, uh, head over there, check out his show and, 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 and especially my broadcast, but he's had Jose on, which by the way, uh, Jose was on there. Maybe we'll start out with the Jose clip. Okay. Um, Jose was on there and Jose, um, made a, made a comment that I thought was actually pretty funny. I think I'll play it and then I'll reveal a little behind the scenes, uh, from Jose. So Jose on with David Brady. There you go. And let's play this clip. 25 seconds real quick. Talking about Jacob of, uh, biblical anarchy, Winograd. Because he sort of broke podcast etiquette because, um, uh, you know, I feel like this is roughly podcast etiquette. I mean, I don't feel like it takes much to be much to be able to figure it out. You don't ask to go on other people's shows. You can ask people to come on your show and then, you know, like, and then from there, you know, and even that, I don't think you really should ask them to ask to go on their show. You, I mean, it depends. Okay, so I didn't cut that. Maybe I got someone doxxed in there. I don't know what just popped up there, but I think I figured out if I'm recording from my phone, what I don't do, if I'm going to edit it out, I got to put on the focus, like uh, sleep. 
mode or do not notify notifications, something like that. Anyway, um, what's interesting is I had had Pete on my show. I had Clint on my show. And what happened was Clint came on and then he got at and, and kind of this whole time period, he then got asked to go on Dave Smith's show. So he was blowing up. And then Pete comes on my show and I interview Pete. And the very next day after I'm putting it out, the very next day, he gets his Twitter account back that he'd had nuked for a long time, like a year or so. It just came back. And so I posted online. I'm like, hey, uh, Clint comes on my show. He goes on Dave's. Uh, Pete comes on my show. He he gets his Twitter account back. Who's next? You know, I'm a kingmaker. And then um, Jose does ask to come on my show. So Jose came on and then Tower Power <laughs> went on. I actually was, I think I said to, to, to Jose, I said, so this is what happened with those guys. You're probably going to be deployed. And um, no, he did not get deployed. But I'm just making a joke there. Um, podcast etiquette. I'm not asking to go on people's shows. I haven't asked to go on anybody's show. Um, there was the, the libertarian dad. He had asked people to ask him to be on the show. So I did. And I think uh, we're, he reached out and I think we're going to do some stuff like that. I have some fiery takes about being a father. Beat them. And actually, David um, asked me, and I don't think I'll find the, find the clip, but I would uh, check it out there. He says, as a libertarian father, what's, you know, what about raising kids? What is it? And I said, well, I have sons and daughters. So to be a pure libertarian, um, the boys are, are selling weed, <laughs> doing drugs, and the girls are sex workers. I'm, a, I'm joking. That's not true. The boys aren't selling weed. Okay. Let's maybe take a look at, um, my take on with David uh, Brady, uh, uh, road to Providence. And hopefully this won't kill everyone out here, but, um, this was his sixth episode. He had me on here and I thought I would just play real quick, a, a little segment that I did there talking about the Supreme court. So you could check out the whole thing, but I did talk about the Supreme court. Um, and then I'm going to actually play some clips from the Supreme court, but, uh, fire it away. Last week, you know, the, the arguments took place. So last weekend, I think it was last weekend. Um, I listened to the whole thing and, uh, I took some, uh, some snippets of it, it's recordings and I was, uh, shocked at, and, and it came out with the, the ruling too. You had, uh, Breyer, Kagan, Sotomayor, Sotomayor, uh, Kagan was better, but uh, Sotomayor, I think everyone knows, just uh, outright <laughs> said some just stupid stuff. Uh, I've been saying this for years. You know, I'm like, uh, if you look at the Jacobson, which people talk about, Jacobson v. Massachusetts, it was in 1903. The state of Massachusetts was able to mandate that some guy get a vaccine. Okay. Um, that went to the Supreme Court. They said that's perfectly fine. But if you read that ruling, it's specific to, okay, Congress can make laws about this. Uh, federal doesn't have police powers, but the states do. So if you really are worried about the ruling of the OSHA, even after the fact, it's that your state, mine, California, can probably mandate something. I've thought that all along. That's no no brainer. Anyway, so the arguments come. Uh, Sotomayor is just out of her mind about uh, COVID and all these things. Uh, she says that the federal government does have police power and the flower, the uh, attorney uh, that, that was arguing against it, he actually rebuts her in a way that's like a mic drop. I have a clip of that. I'll have to kind of get going there. Um, Breyer, his arguments, he kept just saying, I can't understand why you're here. You want to stay? You still want to stay? So it was kind of ridiculous that they weren't arguing the merits of the technical part. I also wish that the uh, the argument, everyone just kind of said, oh, vaccine is really necessary. So it wasn't even, you know, there's not a libertarian argument to this. Okay. So now you have some bad arguments being made. And then you have the ruling comes out. It's a 6-3. And you have Kagan, Sotomayor, and Breyer all on their response. And once again, they don't really argue the merits of the technical points that were being argued, which were 
um, one, that who who's actually in charge here? OSHA, the president said OSHA is going to make this demand. Can they even do that? It's a major um, question doctrine, which is, okay, uh, Congress has the power to make laws. Then they they have an agency. There's a you know executive branch agency such as OSHA. Have they delegated their duties and their abilities to make a law to an agency? They can't just say, here's this agency. Now those the agency can do whatever they want. So the major question is, if there's a major question as to what that duty is, then it's probably a non-delegable task, which means they can't do it. So that's kind of the argument there. And um, 6-3 said that the OSHA doesn't have that power to do so. Um, Kagan, once again, those three lunatics on the court, on their response, they didn't delve into the technical side of this uh, you know, point that it should be made. They just emoted. It was, um, I can't believe it. There's so many, well, even if they didn't have the power, they should still do it. It's, it's crazy. And some of the good arguments were, um, okay, so it's an emergency. Um, uh, uh, what's the, the last judge that was put on the court? Uh, Connie Barrett. She actually is like, okay, so it's an emergency, but when does this emergency end? You know, we have no idea. So um, I'm glad about the ruling. Then there was a technical side about it for healthcare, which were Okay, we're not going to get into that because I kept misstating. Uh, I was correct, but I, um, you know, being out here in California, um, I, I used the word medical, but it's actually just Medicare and Medicaid. Okay, whatever. Uh, but point is, take a look at that. That was actually um, probably the most comprehensive breakdown I did, and I didn't want to do it again, so I just thought I'd find that. And David did a great job of the uh, the whole thing in there. Anyway, okay. Uh, next one I'm going to play here for you is uh, I showed up on the Aussies, uh, great group of guys there as well, and the Gumtree of Liberty. And there was a little bit of uh, audio issue to begin with, but um, you get past that. And we had a good, really good um, conversation. Talked to basically Josh Epps goes on and I'm going to explain it here real quick. I thought maybe, and maybe if you want to do that, but then we just delve into all things Australia as we were on there and I was on the show, you know, they were on tomorrow. I was even asking what's going to happen tomorrow. Cause they're already in tomorrow. Um, and, and I'm going to tell my favorite uh, Aussie story here, uh, when this is over that I told them, I think after the fact, it looked like it was still going and recording, but, um, Stuart was pretty sure that we were offline, but, um, I'll, I'll tell that story as well. But, um, we talk about Josh Zepps. We talk about all the, um, the, the camps and stuff that they have there. And then um, De, uh, Jokovic, uh, actually, the, the um, hearing, the ruling came down as we were talking. It might have been near the end there. So we they, they had good insight of that. And I just loved it. I did ask them all to do an Australian, an American accent. They all turned me down. Very disheartening. But there you go. Okay, let's, uh, let's go to the tape and um, me talking about Josh Zepps being on Rogan and kind of a breakdown of that was yeah do you want me to talk about it first sure okay so uh, i i have a little bit of an insight and i just backstage when we were talking um before we started you guys said you weren't too familiar with josh so i've actually been somewhat familiar with him over the last five years or so he used to be in the u.s he would appear on many libertarian ish podcasts not as a libertarian himself but kind of as just an integ- and i don't really know where his politics fall it seems to be somewhat sometimes liberty oriented and other times not uh, maybe kind of a glenn greenwald style in a sense um so i've been familiar with him he's pretty brash uh seen, i've actually somewhat enjoyed him and 
he goes on Joe Rogan. He's been on there, I think, six times. So he showed up on this one. And this one kind of um, obviously piqued your guys' interest because he was saying some things that I think um, it felt to me were a little bit uh, untrue uh, from you know everything I've heard there. And Joe Rogan pushed back on him. There was two big issues of that we had kind of talking about the camp stuff and then another one about Mark myocarditis. And I think Joe kind of backpedaled on that after the fact. So as far as giving Josh the benefit of the doubt to begin with, um, he is friends with Joe. He didn't he didn't join in the media scrum trying to take Joe Rogan down, which everyone seems to want to do, the mainstream media here in the U.S. Uh, but with that said, he came off very uh, statist-like when he was uh, trying to defend. And actually, Joe said at one point, and I'll let you guys kind of maybe get into the, the issues, and then we can, I guess, talk about those. But um, Joe actually said at one point, uh, you sound kind of like you're representing the state, you know, the, the, the government. And then he said no. And then, as you guys have mentioned, he worked for ABC, which is your state-run media, I guess, there. That's my understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That okay. Uh, we'll check that out. And, and, you know, but there's a lot, there's a lot going on there. Uh, once again, almost a three hour podcast. Uh, me personally, I had a great time. The really interesting guys. And we, we delved into all kinds of stuff. Uh, centrist, he had to take off. I'm actually in a group chat with him. Good guy. We, we chat a little bit on, he's the one that invited me on. Uh, Stuart's on there as well. So I've been connecting with him. Uh, Jack Curley, this is the first I've uh, talked with him. And I think he's a journalist, an independent journalist over there with Austrian Libertarian Network. So, uh, good guys. Very interesting. I'd love to go back with them. I know CD McRae has been on their show quite a few times. I've seen her on there. Um, but um, it's just interesting to have a conversation with some people that are uh, like-minded, first of all. But, you know, you have some different uh, inputs. And so, um, you know, I don't know their law. They don't know. They ask me questions about ours. You know, Stuart's going to law school and he's a really smart guy and he, he um, knows a lot about their stuff as well. So it's just interesting to hear. And by the way, I didn't know that their country was so diverse. It always just seems like a white <laughs> like a, a Scandinavian style country to me, but evidently it's uh, it's not so much more um, being infiltrated. Infiltrated uh, immigration has really changed over there for them. So uh, I thought the other one. Uh, let's play some of these clips. Let's do that. Let's go to these clips here. I did the podcast as etiquette one, totally fine. Um, and then let's talk about uh, the Supreme Court. And in no particular order, this one here is with Breyer he was talking about the number of cases. And to me, that is, oh, man, it's so annoying. And when, when people just talk about cases and doing so uh, the way that they do here. So let's start with uh, Supreme Court arguments and Breyer talking about cases. Just a quick 38 second clip. Wrong, and please tell me if I am. But the numbers I read is when they issued this order, there were approximately 70 something thousand new cases every day. And yesterday, they were close to 750,000. So if we delay it a day, and if it were to have effect, then 750,000 more people will have COVID, who otherwise, if we didn't delay it, wouldn't have. I mean, I don't doubt the power of the court to issue a stay. I'm just saying, what are the consequences of that? And if I'm wrong, you better tell me I'm wrong, because uh, I, I thought that it Okay, so um, once again, I recorded that from my phone. Yes, I did. Uh, I thought I'm, while I'm doing that, I was going to take a look here, um, try to play a clip real quick here. And uh, this, I think this is important because this is um, the understanding. He, he cited two stats and then he put a line between them, a ruler, and he said, this is going to then, this is a trend, two statistics of daily cases yesterday and today. And so therefore we have a trend and tomorrow there's going to be 
logic is going to follow that it's going to be the exact same number going out there. So um, it kind of reminds me of this. I just thought of this, and we'll pull it up, see if it, see if it plays. Did here. you know that disco record sales were up 400% for the year ending 1976? If these trends continue, hey. Uh, your fish are dead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't get them out of there. Uh, that's exactly way to way to go, Briar. What an idiot! Uh, sorry, fucking idiot. And the reason I say that is because um, one, if you were if using cases in general is the dumbest thing we've been doing. Okay, and the reason I say that is uh, we don't know if someone's tested yesterday or today. If you're testing every single person every single day, then you can have your controls and you could then project much better about cases. But you don't know that. You don't know who's being tested every day. Some people could have it. Some people don't have it. Uh, you know, testing um, a friend of ours, her kid is being tested like quite a bit. He's, this is what's so dumb. He's had it for like six weeks positive on one test and none does. So the school won't let him come back. There's no way he's been positive this whole time. He's feeling fine, but he's getting obviously a bad thing. And they're recording each time he does that as a positive test. Okay. So that's one reason. And then two, just as Disco Stu said there, uh, trend lines don't necessarily predict anything. And so just because you had stats from one day to the next, and once again, you're not having any control with those, um, you know, F you, uh, Briar in that sense. So, you know, there we go. Um, let's see here. I'm going to save that one. Um, delegated authority. So this is what I talked about, the major questions doctrine, which is somewhat of a complicated issue. Um, but uh, Sotomayor tends to think that it's, and she'll say it here, that it's complicated, and yet it's not. And so which is it? I don't know, but here we go. Oh, wrong button. Either because they're vague or because there are statutes that seem to have conflicting provisions, you know, where they point both ways. And then the major questions doctrine is an aid to interpretation of that statute. It's essentially a kind of clue about how you should interpret a very difficult to understand statute. Okay. Once again, she said it's a clue of how you interpret a very difficult to understand statute. She just said, very difficult to understand. Now listen. And the second way is there's really nothing difficult to understand about this. <laughs> the agency action okay. falls within the scope of the statutory authority. There's just no question that it does. And yet, because the agency action is kind of a big deal, um, big deal. we're just going to ignore the fact that okay. it falls clearly within the scope of the delegated authority and say that notwithstanding that that's true, um, uh, Congress has to re-up it. So um, uh, I think I'd like you to talk about those two. Okay, so uh, just once again, it's a, it's a clue to a very difficult doctrine, and this doctrine is very simple. So that's how she starts out there. Delegated duties, and, and I did ex describe that in the major questions doctrine. You don't just get to, and, and it's obviously a dangerous thing. And look, the, the, the Supreme Court did not take this because these people are all blue-pilled. I don't know about the Supreme Court themselves. Maybe Gorsuch and, and Thomas aren't. But everyone in their understanding is, you could tell the way they talk about this, they're very blue-pilled. So they didn't, OSHA, of course, it's it's a, it's a body that's, um, and by the way, there was many, what, 26 or so different states had this suit. There was a bunch of companies, several of them included in their lawsuit. You know, the provision that OSHA is not even constitutional. Supreme Court gets to under, uh, take in which ones they actually want to hear. And they obviously did not take any of that to have that statute heard. Everyone just assumes it's it's lawful. 
everyone just assumes that vaccines are the only way to go, even though there was, you know, some argument there and uh, the council's like, look, um, I'm, we're doing this remotely because uh, I've got COVID and I've been vaccinated. He did say that, but then uh, not, to, not, to, not to say that vaccines aren't, you know, he has to retreat from all that. Um, risk of the unvaccinated. I thought this was an interesting clip as well. Supreme Court, risk of the unvaccinated. And, and maybe this is part of the one that we uh, actually, I was just uh, mentioning. Here we go. This is a little longer. It's about two minutes. Hang on ways another risk and that that comes up throughout regulatory space. That's absolutely true. And one of the risks that OSHA was guarding against here was the, the risk that unvaccinated. Okay. So this is counsel for the government that you're hearing from right now. There was uh, the first, they had the arguments from um, uh, one of the states and uh, one of the other petitioners. And then you have the, the, the government counsel here. Needed workers post to the other lady. workers because they are so much more likely to transmit to this deadly other, disease to them. To other what type of workers? To other va to vaccinated workers? Yes, the Roberts. grave danger finding I thought the secretary disclaimed that. Yeah, the grave danger finding is limited to unvaccinated workers right. who are so far that's more likely to contract it from us. their co-workers that's as well. That's not a concern for us, is it? We can't sustain this on that ground, that this is helpful to the vaccinated workers because the unvaccinated workers present a risk to them. Oh, to be clear, uh, they present a risk to other unvaccinated workers who, are, who might be older, who might of, have other comorbidities. have balanced the risks differently, maybe very foolishly, but they want to balance the risks presented to their health in a different way. And OSHA says, no, you can't do that. And that applies when you're on the job and also when you're not on the job and for the rest of your life because you have to take these vaccines, unless the testing option is valuable. Well, one small factual correction, if I could, and then a broader legal point. I think it's wrong to say that everyone who's unvaccinated is just assuming the risk. Some people can't get vaccinations for medical reasons. Uh, some people have deeply held religious beliefs and are entitled to religious exemptions. And OSHA is entitled to try to protect those unvaccinated workers, no matter the reason they're unvaccinated. Just on the broader legal point, the idea that uh, OSHA is powerless to act to protect workers if they simply want to assume the risk is inconsistent with how the OSHA Act has been understood throughout its history. OSHA frequently requires employers to require that the employees use protective gear well, or take precautions. Isn't it, it's the, not isn't it the case that most of the time uh, there's this strong reason for saying that uh, it isn't a defense to a, an OSHA Act charge that the employers assumed the risk voluntarily, that under most circumstances, employers uh, have an incentive uh, to avoid compliance with to avoid the costs and inconvenience of a regulation. And so we don't want to have the put the employees under pressure. Okay, uh, evidently my phone was losing battery. Uh, there, there you go. Uh, so I thought it was a good pushback. And I believe that was Roberts. It almost sounds like it might be Alito, Alito, but I believe it was Roberts. Uh, here's we're going to play the one probably one of the most famous ones you have seen out there, which is Sotomayor calling for the hundred thousand, uh, the kids, you know, and then there's just insanity from her this whole time. But um, basically saying there's a hundred thousand uh, infected kids. Now we are on to Omicron, and as my presence here, the triple vaccinated uh, individual by phone suggests, as Justice Sotomayor suggested, moving a leakage brief from the American Commitment Foundation shows, vaccines do not appear to be very effective in stopping the spread of transmission. They are very effective in stopping severe consequences, and that's why our states strongly urge people uh, to get them. But I think that makes it very hard to look at the numbers they give and assume that they still apply today. Council, those numbers show that Omicron um, is as deadly 
uh, and causes as much serious disease in the unvaccinated as Delta did. The numbers, look at the hospitalization rates that are going on. We have more affected people in the country today than we had a year ago in January. Um, we have hospitals what? that are almost at full capacity. No. With people severely ill on ventilators, we have over 100,000 children which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Many. Um, so saying it's a different variant just underscores the fact that without, the, without um, some workplace rules uh, uh, with respect to... Okay, she's done. And by the way, that, that, that's much of crap that she's stating there. They're not... Uh, and, and so my, I tweeted out here, I was like, I think she, only she, maybe her, Kagan and uh, Breyer, read uh, uh, an amicus brief from CNN because the shit they were spilling was uh, a little bit much. Uh, Kagan wasn't as bad, but she was not good as well. Um, and this is, uh, let's see, delegated. I already did that one. Cases. Um, we did that one. I think this is the one, last one I want to do, which uh, actually to me was the most shocking. I know it's all this. You could get all kinds of um, bad info from the from the press, okay, which I understand because, you know, you're watching the press, you're saying 100,000 kids are um, infaccinated and on ventilators, which is bull, but this is probably the worst one. This is uh, this is L1, first year of uh, law school, uh, constitutional law. You learn that the federal government doesn't have the police power, and that's the delegation of the differences between the states and the federal government. And here is Kagan and Flower, I think that's his name, the the prosecutor or the, the, the guy bringing the petitioner here, the, the, the attorney for them. Actually, it's almost like a mic, like I said, a mic drop. And this is the clip I was referring to when I was on Day with David Brady. So if, if it's within the police power to protect the health and welfare of workers, you seem to be saying the states can do it, but you're saying the federal government can't, even though it's facing the same crisis in interstate commerce that states are facing within their own borders. I am not sure I understand the distinction why the states would have the power, but the federal government wow. wouldn't. I, and I'm going to let him answer here, but she doesn't understand the distinction because uh, the delegation of duties, which is anything that the Congress, uh, the, the federal government, I think that's what, the Ninth or Tenth Amendment there that basically says anything not uh, delegated here to the federal government uh, is then the, the powers of the states, which can do. Um, she doesn't understand. Well, oh, it does have power with respect to protecting the health and safety of workers. We have, we have, uh, except the notice how she he said they don't have police power. She used the word police power. He came back and said they don't have that because that's a very technical term. And then she says, oh, they do, but she doesn't say police power. She says they do have the power to control the health and safety. Okay, well, you didn't say that. You said police power, which is a little bit different. Constitutionality of OSHA. They have a police power to protect workers. Well, I, I would not call it police power. I think the Commerce Clause power right. allows them to address Commerce uh, Clause. Health, it, it, uh, sorry, is that a question? Uh, it allows them to address health in the context of the workplace. Exactly. Okay, so he gets her to say exactly like that's what I was saying. No, it wasn't, you dumb bitch. So, and I'm saying that because she is the way she's talking there. As a Supreme Court justice, making decisions on your lives, that's the way you treat someone like that. Sorry, that's, that's how it is. You don't give them respect, at least not here. If I'm arguing before him, of course, I'm not going to be rude like I am here. Um, have I said to a judge? <laughs> yeah, I've said some some things to judges before. Um, it's a lot of, what was the word I used? Uh 
that kind of got here. Okay. Um, so anyway, that was my, my favorite part of that one and the little blowback that she got and she deserved it rightly so because that's a bunch of crap. By the way, if you're looking into the real problems with the Supreme Court and the powers of the state that have been overextended is what, 30s, I want to say, Wickard v. Filburn. It's a guy. It's where the Commerce Clause was out of control. I even wrote a paper on it in law school called Wheat wheat, weed, and the Commerce Clause or something like that, and basically talked about this one. And then um, Raish and Garcia, I think, is is another one that was in California about weed that kind of, you know, the Commerce Clause got clawed back a little bit. But the, the Wicked v. Filburn one, the problem was guy, I think he's in Iowa, he's corn out there. There's a there's a provision out there at the time that the federal government gets to regulate um your production of corn or what have you. And so this guy's like, I'm not even doing it. He's built doing it on his own farm for his own cows. The gov- federal government comes after him because he's not engaging in commerce. And they say, due to the commerce clause, we can actually come after you. And they extended it to say, yes, uh, you know, inter- commerce between the states includes you not participating. That was then used for Obamacare as well. And, you know, all hell is broken loose. Okay. Um, I thought I would give a little shout out. Oh, no. Don't tell me that I got this in here wrong. Let's see if we can uh, get it right. Nope. It's not It's not working for some reason. Um, so I think I know another place I can find it. Um, what happened was there's these uh, ladies online. They decided to do a podcast. And so a bunch of chicks did it. And I say that uh, with all due respect. Uh, so I thought I would uh, actually review it. So I reviewed it. <laughs> and uh, I think here is the review of this show. By the way, it was um, two hours or so. And so I think this is about as comprehensive of a review of La- Liberty Ladies as you can uh, get. And um, this is exactly how I watched the entire show. I-, I watched it start to finish. And I just filmed myself doing it. Ready to go. <laughs> No, but you know, it was, it was funny because I I started getting on like sober TikTok and it was like, all your friends don't do cocaine. Um, and so I was always used to things being like independent and you doing things yourself. Um, so to Jolly Shore, because all I do is like gym and tan and laundry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but my nephew, he had a lot of serious issues, not serious, but like so who wants to go first? Well, Zainab, did you sure. finish your uh, That's it. Okay. Anyway. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, not giving in to the vaccine mandates, um, especially. And there you go. Bye, Bye guys. That's that's how I watched it. So if you want to watch their show, um, feel free to check it out. I don't know where it's at. Uh, one of those ladies online, you can find it. They post there and they get a lot more views than I do because I'm not uh, a woman and or good looking. So, okay. Uh, last week, I decided to try, you know, I've, I've got a few other clips here. I thought this one was uh, actually an important clip. Let's see if we can, hopefully this one will come out just fine. Okay, let's let's do this one. I thought this this is more like a PSA. So if you want to, you were talking about um, weight loss and stuff the other day online. So I thought this one was uh, an important one for that. Now, Jenna, medically speaking, for your height, your weight puts you in what we call the disgusting range. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, there are solutions. For example, crystal meth has been shown to be very effective. <laughs> if, if you're not averse to losing your teeth. 
that might be your option. So um, if you're one of those grossly obese people, check out uh, Crystal Meth. Okay, uh, last week, Tower Power Hour, they, look, they decided to have uh, uh, Eric, I was almost said Hugh Jackman, uh, Eric Jackman on, which is great, but um, thought I'd play a clip of this because I decided to do something completely stupid, uh, and I, I got mentioned here on the, on their show. So um, take it away, episode 53 with Eric Jackman, it was a funny one, by the way, but uh, critique, just one critique here, gentlemen. There's one, let's just count them off here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of you. Okay, six of you plus uh, Eric. And by the way, this, this is a great caption here. Uh, Douse in the bottle there. And um, But too many hosts, just too many. It was, it was a little tough to hear. So then what I did, I live streamed myself watching them, which was you put eight on there. And if I get a guest, they could probably do nine. My whole point was to have Andy. He's been on... Uh, garbage man. I'd been on uh, Josh's show and I think he'd been on TR prior, but he was talking about, he keeps wanting to go back on. And I'm like, Hey, this, the, this is the way to do it. We'll just stream them live and we'll be on there commenting about it. So I did it for about 40 minutes of this. Well, by the way, the dumbest thing I've done, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, but, um, take it away, gentlemen. Now we should get Dave to go on Fakertarians. I think that'd be pretty funny. He's already done All it right. before, hasn't he? In the he's past. already done it? I think he's had Hudak on. He had on, on his show. On part of the problem, that's, that's Dude, I hope they have me come had, on. I'm just going to go on and go nigger and then just like bounce. <laughs> <laughs> really? I had to get the end bomb on my show? Doing now? What, God damn it, Jose. couldn't do, actually. He did everything <laughs> up to that point and then didn't do <laughs> By the way, guys, Tyler Yankee, I guess Yankee. if you want to live stream this and get commentary, he's live streaming it on his channel. <laughs> which is really weird like i don't know i'll have to watch this later but if he's giving commentary i don't know what the fuck this is no he's gonna be really like what the fuck whoever's watching that he's uh, he's jacking off actually that'd be awesome it was funny is he's in he's always in our group chat which this is gonna be so like inside baseball or inside uh cycling if you want inside job (laughs) but like he's literally always i don't think he works he's like he owns his own you know i was gonna say that i'm like this guy's a lawyer but he's like so active in the group chat i'm like what the fuck he's are you also doing like always wow. showing pictures of him like renovating his house and right. he's like just got this done and it like it's literally all flooring it was Dude, like, i just realized he's doing a all day I was just gonna say, if, if you guys are gonna call me a fed because I'm I'm unemployed, then he's a fed too. Dude, if he's a fed, they're doing it smart though, because he knows his shit. But Wait, he's like so I'm right, you know? the most obviously not a fed because I work the most, right? No. Does that mean you're most likely no. a fed? No. Uh, right. Dad oh. told me you're a fed. Read. Oh well, yeah, that we do have that. I'm also not a fed because I fucking shipped a firearm through the mail to you, so that's true. <laughs> wow. I would never. Wow. Okay. Let's clear this up. One, yes, I'm in this group chat. Um, I'm at my computer. I'm working. Um, I'm dressing like this. When I go to court, I'm actually put a shirt and a tie and a suit on, a suit jacket on, and I just sit here at my desk and do it. Um, yesterday, actually, I had to drive to the armpit of uh, California, Stockton. Uh, by the way, armpit is too nice of a word for that city. Ugh, that is disgusting. And the homeless are out of control there. Nice courthouse. Uh, anyway, I, I do take off and I do other things, um, but I'm efficient. I'm in, I'm doing a podcast here. I'm in 30 minutes in, 34 minutes in. I'm going to post this out the way I have my production. I'm easy to go. Boom, boom, boom. I can do this. No problem. It's a Friday. It's 3.30. I'm leaving here. I'm going to go to happy hour. Uh, renovating my bathroom. Yeah, I do that on the weekend. And I would literally, it took me a week. I came into work, worked full day. I'm chatting away, <laughs> chatting away with these fuckers. Uh, go home and get some dinner, change some clothes. 
get to work and I'm doing that till like 11 o'clock. Yeah, I did that for like a week. It worked on the weekends. You just do it. And, um, you know, you have a life. I'm kind of somewhat efficient. Just uh, do what I have to do. And yeah, I'm in your group chat. I love you guys. That's because I, I have fun in there. Uh, are those all the, the, the links I have? Yeah. Let's talk one last thing, which is podcasts. There's a few different podcasts out there that are rebranding themselves. You got Lions of Liberty, um, three guys on there. See if I know him, Brian McWilliams, Mark Clare, and John Odermatt. They all are splitting off. They have their own show. So if you've only got the one podcast catcher, you need to go and find each one of those for their individual shows that they're doing stuff. And I think they're still going there. Pete Quinones, I know is rebranding his. Um, he got kind of spit out of the Libertarian Institute. There was some other drama online. You, if you watch this, you probably already know all about that. So I'm not going to go into that. Um, all the best for you, brother Pete. Um, so check out his show. I guess he's rebranded. Tom Woods is coming up with a new announcement. I think you go to TomWoodsAnnouncement.com, put your info in there, and he will email you when that actually happens. So there you go for those kind of announcements. Am I rebranding? No, we're still here. I, I, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm just scattered enough to, and I'm not a Fed, by the way. I, I'm just, I, I do have some clients that are federal employees, uh, some FDA, FBI agents and such, but I'm not a Fed. Um, I just work. And I'm efficient, Cole. By the way, um, check out that podcast uh, mic that I sent you. Maybe it has a has a little bug in it. Okay, so that's it for me. Um, what else? Anything else new coming up here? No. Um, we're gonna get some more guests. We're gonna. I got to get back into reviewing some shows. A bunch of clips today was just fun times uh, throwing those out there. But we'll get some more. Definitely. Oh, Liberty Lockdown. Uh, Clint, who said I'm a super supporter. Yes, I am. I'm just a, a douche that likes all this stuff. Um, he just had on Martha Bueno, uh, District 10's very own county commissioner elect. No, she's running for office as a libertarian, but she left the libertarian party when some guys that weren't libertarians came after her about some stuff. And so she was out. Imagine, imagine you're running for uh, office, okay? And some dudes in your own party uh, thrash you online because you, you seem woke or you're, you're a identitarian or whatever. And you're so disturbed by that, that you leave the party. Imagine how strong you're going to be when the Democrats and the part Republicans come after you for being, uh, you know, a baby killer or whatever it is. I don't know, baby killer. I don't know what stands. Well, she's a, uh, opposed to. Um, she she wants sanctions for for Cuba. So we'll just say she's killing people over there in in Cuba, uh, and she's a baby killer. Imagine how it's going to be when the rough and tumble real parties with real power come after her. If you can't stand up to your own party, but this is why I love Josh Smith. He's out there. And Angela McCardle is an example. They're not giving a shit about these kind of things. They're standing up to it. If you, of course, they have, they're, they're rumbling with their own party so they can wrestle control so you can do what you want to do. But if you can't do that, I'm going to say this the most inappropriate way possible. Good luck, honey. That's all I'm going to say. People, I'm done. It's Friday. I'm going to go to HR. Happy hour. Wait, happy hour is HH, not HR. My wife, no wonder she's like, you have an HR department? All right. That's all I have. Thanks. And let's tone this volume down if I can later. live streaming cut me some slack i'm fucking i'm pretty high tech for a boomer uh but anyways i'm a boomer